Hi, I'm Ashley. I am a first year majoring in Global Studies and Political Science, and I'm joined by... Adriana Scalante. I'm a junior. I'm a Political Science major with a sub-specialization in International Relations. Oh, okay. So our topic that we will be discussing today is abortion rights around the world. As of recent, we've seen in the United States that there has been a lot more restrictions with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and so we wanted to explore what's been going on in other countries, break down what their abortion regulation is, and talk about the levels of restriction around the globe. Yeah, so with each country, we're going to talk about why these restrictions are in place, and then we're going to talk about the consequences of the restrictions. Our order is planned to be from fully illegal down to on-request abortions. So the first areas we're going to be talking about are the ones in which uh, abortion is fully illegal, which we found two countries, Ireland, which just recently changed, but they had abortion as an illegal act in their country because of their religion. They are a Catholic country. And in Catholicism, abortion is looked down upon as you should never take the life of another. So until 2019, Ireland was a country that did not allow abortions. And the other country which I found to be very interesting was the Philippines, which also has a restriction on abortion due to Catholicism. Recently, in 2022, the Philippine Commission on Human Rights has been trying to support the decriminalization of abortion in the Philippines, which is supposedly a historic moment for abortion advocacy in the country as uh, the 19th Congress, which is like their big time to review laws and to review the things that are illegal in their country, like abortion, convened in July. Another thing we actually learned about in um, my gender and international human rights class the Philippines criminalized abortion in 2008. They also made it really hard for women to get um, any sort of reproductive services, which in turn leads to more women getting pregnant, younger women getting pregnant. And also at the same time, I have been talking about this a lot in one of my Google Studies classes, when women have less, like, less access to contraceptives and things that could allow them to perform safe sex. It normally leads to a higher population, which means that there are more mouths to feed, which actually creates more problems for the government than there would be if contraceptives and things like birth control were actually allowed and legalized in the country. So I thought that was an interesting case, um, especially because America was had occupation in the Philippines for so long, and we've had, I guess, a more open history. Well... Debatable now. Debatable now. <laughs> but we've had sort of a more relaxed tone on religion, and it was sort of implemented in the Philippines for a little bit. I thought it was interesting that they would take a full shift for the past century to fully criminalize and make illegal abortion. Another thing we wanted to talk about is that in countries where uh, women don't have access to abortion, in some cases, sexual assault in marriage is legal it's not viewed as sexual assault or rape i think that can just really be a really definitive way that shows that people don't see women as having autonomy it's not just you're not allowed to get an abortion it's you're not allowed to have the right to your own body 100 percent, and i think that's a huge problem that a lot of countries still face and even in america we still face it and 
the fact that women aren't seen as equals in the eyes of the government or in the eyes of men in general. And I think laws like this and in cases where abortion is fully illegal like this mean that it just makes things worse for women instead of quote-unquote benefiting them for the for the sake of the child yeah for the sake of the child or for the sake of the religion that that country operates under yeah and even even further it can affect not just women but girls like young girls in some states now even in the u.s are like being forced to go through with birth which is is common in many countries um and it's just now gonna be more of a reality here at home too yeah should we move on to restricted countries yeah so the most common limit on when you can perform an abortion is 12 weeks so when the fetus i guess is uh, at 12 weeks old that's when they want to be able to not have abortions yeah which (laughs) is kind of wild because that is three months into a woman's pregnancy Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of times you don't find out you're pregnant until probably the second month maybe even the third month you don't really know cycles can be weird um and so i think this is kind of the direction that a lot of states are moving in or even worse in the united states so we wanted to draw a comparison to some of the countries that do have these restrictions um while we did talk about ireland being a country in which it was fully illegal for a long time now it is moved to restrictions after 12 weeks yeah and then another example would be russia it's a 12-week limit unless the fetus is like a product of um, rape or sexual assault then it's extended to 22 weeks which is interesting we were talking about how that might be difficult to prove in many cases like how what the process might be like for a woman to have to go through in order to get an abortion at that point. Yeah, I think what was interesting about Russia is that they gave this extra 10 weeks for causes of rape, which is additional two and a half months, which means that a woman would be at about halfway through her pregnancy, maybe a little bit more. But I don't believe that 10 weeks is apt enough time To really, I mean, I don't know the Russian justice system all too well, but it sounds a little wild to try and prove a case of rape within 22 weeks. So with a little bit further exploration, we found that Russia doesn't really have any easily accessible information on the amount of abortions that are performed in cases of rape. Yeah, or the the process that women have to go through to prove of the cases of rape. So we're going to turn to just the general 12-week restriction that a lot of countries have in place and why that would be. Yeah, so a lot of women do have to request abortions, even if it is during that 12-week allowed time period. A lot of women do have to go through traumatic processes of just having to confront a doctor maybe or a psychiatrist or psychologist these cases might be even more traumatic um, if they have gone through rape and need to prove that i think it also is just another restriction or another hoop that these women have to jump through just to even get an abortion in the first place Mm -hmm. i'm sure the doctors are inherently probably like are you sure you don't want to keep the child that's something that we've seen when and when anyone goes through an abortion especially in more religious countries yes especially in religious countries or just the fact that getting through all of those approvals from doctors and psychiatrists and 
psychologist could take that entire 12 weeks and now the woman is trapped in having to keep her child. Uh, yeah, so let's move on to uh, countries where abortion is more easily accessible. So in China, actually, abortion is more accessible. During the um, time period where they had the one-child policy, actually, though, it happened to be that more abortions were performed when the fetus was female, which is interesting. I think that is going to have some sad implications in the future. 100%. There is an expectation in a lot of Asian societies uh, for a wife to produce a son, because the son was the one who was the one to inherit everything that the father would have, whether that be a company, whether that be just family heirlooms, property. things like that, yeah. property. So a lot of women were discouraged from having a girl, which is not feasible in any way, shape, or form, but it did lead to a lot more abortions of female fetuses. And I'm sure that's going to have a bunch of implications on China as a whole as we see the those children progress into adulthood. Yeah. Um, I will say that that kind of goes to show that um, even in countries where women do have more access to reproductive health care, that doesn't necessarily eliminate the really rampant sexism that is present in each and every country in the world. 100% agree. Should we move on to South Africa, maybe? Yeah. So South Africa has some of the most um, progressive reproductive health care in the world. They allow women to abort during the first 12 weeks also um, and under certain conditions after the 12 weeks so it's not too strict of a time period and additionally they do have more progressive reproductive health care in terms of being able to prevent um, a pregnancy from occurring. I also found that all women have the right to a free abortion during the first 12 weeks which is also something that's huge because abortion can be a very not only traumatic experience for the woman but also a costly one. Yeah, it might just be inaccessible because of the cost that a woman would have to go through, especially young girls who might not want to disclose information to parents or relatives that could help them with financing that decision. I wanted to bring up, we have two more. Um, I wanted to bring up India, which is an interesting case. India is known for having a very, a very large population. And so in the 70s and 80s, they started enacting like a, kind of their version of like family planning, like our Planned Parenthood, which was targeted directly at the poor who had a very much so larger family unit than those of different castes in India, because for the poor, the the amount of children they had was basically equivalent to the amount of money that they could earn. And so since India's population was rising so quickly, this program like targeted the poor and just actually led to a lot more abortions occurring in in poorer families and also like the amount of sterilizations which i found interesting um india is a country in which in social and economic cases a child can be aborted and i think that's mostly for in the case of trying to regulate the population and more so targeting the poorer families of india and just trying to limit the amount of children that they have and so therefore limiting amount the amount of children who, who go hungry or the amount of hungry people in india as a whole yeah, that is an interesting um, thing we found that in countries where it is more accessible, sometimes it goes in an interesting direction of, honestly, eugenics. Yes, 100%. Like, 
In Sweden, we found that it's it's also one of the most progressive countries uh, in terms of women being able to get abortions. But this does lead to children with disabilities being more likely to be aborted, which is a sad fact. Yes. And it can just lead to a lot more of that idea that a child has to be perfect and that, you know, these sorts of disabilities are not allowed in society, which is inherently just not true in any way, shape, or form. And I think it just leads to a very negative stigma, especially in that country as a whole. If there is a child who is born with disabilities, it can lead to a lot more discrimination and stigma around them as a whole, which is just not okay. Okay, so after we have explored the different levels of legalization or illegal or the legalization of abortion in different countries. Or even criminalization. Or even criminalization, yes. That was the word I was looking for. (laughs) Um, We wanted to talk about how that applies to the United States and what that could mean for us as a country or for these different countries as a whole after our overturning of Roe v. Wade. Yeah, so I think after our overturning, that might lead some countries that parties may be inching towards Um, the criminalization to start that process or to start reaching towards that process in a more uh, cemented way than before, which is quite unfortunate, but, you know. I think a lot of countries look to America as the example and or just as like a big global power because we are. And so if we could do something like overturn abortion, then I think it becomes a lot more feasible. different countries as well yeah so we just wanted to provide some documentaries right towards the end of our little podcast yes yeah so some documentaries for the u.s are reversing row which kind of it was made before the overturning of (laughs) obviously another documentary just to finish up is uh the janes yeah that's pretty much everything we've got for today thank you so much for listening yeah we hope you enjoyed this little reflection on abortion around the globe and i have hope that maybe things will get better we Um, all have hope we have to have hope (laughs) we have to have hope (laughs) Uh, but thank you for listening